This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. All right, this is Spooko. Longest night ever. We're up to episode 35, almost up to episode 52, when it will be exactly a year to the day from when you're listening to it. I hope, I, I'm pretty sure that logic checks out. Hang on, hang so so, on. Not- sorry, sorry. <laughs> so it's a year to the day. <laughs> it will be a year to the day. Whenever you're listening to episode 52, yes. it will be a year to the day that we recorded all these, because these are all Sick. recorded on one. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, now, now I've now, got it. Now, and if we make any references to people being, you know, quarantined or whatever, then mm. we're the Nostradamus. It's of, weird. Of Man, the it's really podcast close, game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one of the things that we've done mm. over this spooky night uh, that exists now, but also exists on this spooky night, yeah. is we created an Instagram account underscore spooky and a spotify playlist that's my favorite i'm gonna do that eventually (laughs) i will i will i promise i'll do it i promise there's a lot going on but we do have this uh instagram account now Mm. at some point in the future from this podcast but actually tonight i ran a little poll and i didn't want to ask directly what film should we do because it's hard to you know if somebody goes what's the best movie you, you've ever seen that yeah. you'll, you'll, you won't think of anything. You've got to give someone parameters. When someone says best film ever, uh, we might've had this conversation. I always say the sting and I can't think of one <laughs> thing I actually really like about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the sting. Oh, classic. <laughs> it's the best. Is it like a giant heist movie? Is that what it is? Or a giant Yeah, it's like movie? a double cross, triple cross, Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> style, but even shit. Oh. Oh shit. So at some point lockdowns happen and you start going through DVD collections. So we No, 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 stop, stop. Like <laughs> I feel like everyone's like lockdown, bludging time, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get it. everyone's like, oh I'm in lockdown. How many how much bludging am I gonna do, you guys? <laughs> what, like what, what, what like like, how does that actually work? Everyone's like, oh, finally. Now I get to chill and bludgy. It, it's more that. It's more that. Like, I agree. And it's ridiculous. I feel like I have less time. But it's more that you, when you do have those moments of free time, instead of having the world at your fingertips, you're suddenly <laughs> confronted with you have what's in your dusty uh, television cabinet underneath yep. the TV to deal with, it. and you go, "Oh, here's all these DVDs that I was like, I could never throw these out." <laughs> the one office, of which, the English Office. One of which is the English Office, but another one of which is a three-disc collection of the Oceans series, Oceans <laughs> Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen. And so, what happens in Twelve and Thirteen? 
Oh my God, 12 is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. So Ocean's Eleven, despite the fact that it has this underlying gross, icky premise that all women belong to you, even if you break up with them. Just for socials, can you tell Reshes, <laughs> this is what happens? This is what happens, Reshes? Beach, like they're probably struggling for their life right now. Come on. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they are. Now let me see. I'm sure the Spooko endorsement would have helped, but look. So apart from the fact that there's this gross undercurrent of George Clooney isn't broken up with Julia Roberts until he says they are. It, it's a fun movie purely because it's just one long heist. Yep. And Much like one long spooky night. And, and every time you think it's gone wrong, it's actually gone perfectly fine, <laughs> but even better than it could have. It's like, oh, they fucked up now. Oh, no, that was also part of the plan. So it, it works perfectly right because... Mm. It's one long heist. Yeah. So somehow the Where second the fuck one are we going is, with this? is the complete opposite. The second one is like multiple tiny heists, none of which really have any meaning. There's at one point there's a competition to see who will be the better thief starring a guy who does capoeira. And there's like one of those really dumb moments where the bad guy's like, oh, well, like explains his whole plan and how he did it. And that's why I won and I'm the better thief than you. And George Clooney's like, wow, that was a great story. So I'll have my prize now. And he's like, what? Because <laughs> actually everything you just said was part of a double cross. Oh, <laughs> man. It is the Rick and Morty episode. Yeah, it sucks so much. But anyway, long story short, mm. uh, I put this poll up on our, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but this was the end point I was getting to with this. Bit. I, I put up this poll yeah. on our Instagram mm. where I asked, what sort of film did you want to see? And I didn't ask for film suggestions because I think that's too hard. So yeah. I broke it out into categories and I did them based on decades. I, I thought about the sort of things we do often. I was like cheesy 80s horror, mm. teen 90s slasher film, yep. noughties foreign French, French brute wave cinema. Well, no, not brute wave, but this, this sort of scary Ringu sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, and then uh, 2010 torture porn. And, and I, I still feel gross using that term, especially for people who aren't used to it, because it's like, why the fuck is this on Instagram? It's a but super anyway, upsetting it's, phrase. But it is, but it, it's, it's the term. So I put all of those up on the Insta. I, I wasn't sure what I was expecting. Uh, I was surprised that you voted for 2010's Torture Porn, but I'm glad someone did because you were the only <laughs> one. But what ended up actually winning was 90s teen slasher, which I wasn't expecting. And, you know, might feel a bit strange coming so soon after we talked about I Know What You Did Last Summer, one of the worst films ever made. Yeah. But actually makes perfect sense following on from last week's uh, Candyman yeah, purely because Candyman was an urban legend. Even though Candyman's a good film from the '90s, teen films didn't try as hard. So is this, this one's just legend? called. This one is called Urban Legend. Yes. Last week we discussed folklore. Today we get more specific. This is what we call an urban legend. So, Pete, have you watched the trailer? No. Alright, what's the 
decapitated body was found in her car. I knew I should have gone to NYU. This girl, she could have been any one of us. What if there is a lunatic on campus? What is he gonna do next, huh? <laughs> Maybe put spider eggs in Bubblicious? <laughs> the idea of an urban legend serial killer. It's a stretch. The call's coming from inside the house. Could it be an urban legend? Sick. Oh, that was sick. And that cast was insane. <laughs> there are like three Oscars, I think, in there. There's Redhead Daughter from Frasier, I, I think. There's Jared Leto's in there. Um, guy from Party of Five or Dawson's Creek or whatever was in there. Freddy Krueger was in there. Freddy Krueger is in there. Robert England. Jared Leto has had a strange, fun life, I think. You uh, have he's this in great line about Nick Cage earlier in this podcast where you were like early on in Nick Cage's career and was like, can he do anything wrong? <laughs> Everything he does. It's like, yes, 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 he and can. It's the, it's the Jared Leto curve. I'm like, wow, Jared, you're amazing. Like, oh, no. no you're was not it good. purely because he was in Requiem for a Dream, though? Is it purely because everyone was no, like, that I think is... he was in like a teen series with Claire Danes that captured uh, every okay. reviewer's imagination. So there's this amazing article that's the review of the Weezer album Maladroit, right? And so the argument goes that the age of every music reviewer at that time means that the Blue album was insanely formative when they were coming up in the, forming their music tastes. And so because the Blue album was so insanely formative, they've cut Weezer the most immense amount of slack over the years. And that the Blue Album always reminded them of dancing with Ashley for the first time ever under fairy lights when they were 16, while My Name is Jonas played in the background or whatever. And so Maladroit was the perfect album to blow up all of those memories because it was so shit and make you realise that Ashley was awful and, and, you know, your teenage years were terrible. And so I think this Jared Leto, Claire Danes TV series just got into everyone's psyche who would become film reviewers in future. I'm like, yeah, they're my heroes from my favorite show. Of course, I love them forever. All right. So an insane cast. Tara Reid's in there as well. Joshua Jackson is in there as well. You're, Here's an you're going a bit crunchy on this end. I think we need to address why your voice is sounding crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to address the ghost. But don't talk about the ghost in the room because if we joke about the ghost in the room and this is in any way horror movie related, it means that there will be, like, the more we joke about it and the more we meta about it, especially when we're talking about 90s stuff, the more there will actually be a ghost in the room. I don't believe in the ghost in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so ghosts aside, uh, amazing cast aside, Yes, it does sound a little bit different because, and look, I know we talk about the crazy fiction of this night a lot. Mm. At this point, in the same night that we've been at the FBS studio for this long, we are recording from separate rooms on different computers. So it sounds a little bit different than normal, but rest assured it's the same spooky night in the FBS studio. It's, it's, it's pretty spooky stuff. Like, if things sound a little bit garbly, sound a little bit like we're relying on the phone in my back pocket uh, being tethered to a computer. Uh, look, that's not, it's not a million miles from the truth. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so, and we are going to get to this film eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but, but shout out to FBI, who allows us to record this every week and release it. Things are going crazy right now in the world. 
both on the night when this was recorded and when you're hearing this right now. FBI always needs support, but especially right now needs support because it, it really is a lifeline to the community. Everything is still going at FBI, but they do need support more than ever. If in the past you've considered becoming an FBI supporter and haven't done it or have considered giving them some sort of a donation, I know things are tough for everybody right now, but if you do believe in what FBI does, I would recommend becoming a supporter because now more than ever, they need your support. FBIRadio.com for all the details. But yeah, look, we are talking about a movie, right? Like, that's what we're doing. Like, that's the whole point. And Pete, yep. we're trying to get you over your fear of scary movies. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Precisely so. Exactly. It's an organic podcast, but it's, 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 become, it's become a lot more. But the main thing is, it's a scary movie podcast. We're getting you over your fears. Today, we're talking about Urban Legend. Now, Peach, before we go into this, I want to tell you that this is a 1998 film, and it was made by an Australian director whose name is Jamie Blanks. Shouldn't this be in the Australian did something overseas, therefore we celebrate them endlessly and without qualification category? Well, here's the thing. So according to Jamie Blanks, as Wikipedia page, he is probably most famous for directing the 1998 cult slasher film Urban Legend. So oh, good on him. this was the high point and then it was all, it was all, it was all just a little bit of a downward incline from him. So he had a couple of years in the sun of being the most prominent Australian horror director <laughs> who cracked the American film scene. <laughs> and then poor old Lee Wanell came and ruined the party for it. Basically, yeah. In, in fact, fact, Lee Wanell probably reviewed this film on recovery, now that I think about it. Oh, fuck, he would have. Yeah, how cool is that? That would, is cool. Oh, that is... Shit, I'm going to do it right. Also, real talk, I've heard from friends who work in film that Lee Wanell is a very intense director to work with. And he's someone who doesn't love getting into the nitty gritty. So if something's really hard, he's like, oh, yeah, just do it. And everyone's like, oh, Lee, this is going to be really hard. He's like, ah, oh, no way, just do it. Which I think is what happens when a film reviewer becomes a super famous and super well-respected film director is they're, they're about the end product as more than they are about the making of the product. But anyway, let's do this film because I feel like, you know. This has been a long episode on. in the making, in fairness. <laughs> and we haven't even started. Right, yeah. so, Urban Legend. 1998 film, American film, but directed by an Australian. Mm. We begin at Pendleton University uh, with student Michelle Mancini. Mm. Uh, so I, I like the response you had to Michelle Mancini. She's decapitated by a stranger in the backseat of her car during a rainstorm. <laughs> Bloody hell. Like, decapitated means it means it's come off, doesn't it? Means it means yeah, it. totally. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, a huge split so in her car. I mean, cutting, like, just think about cutting through a steak or, like, or particularly cutting through bone. I mean, cripes. Yeah. Now, why don't I close Outlook yeah. while we're here in the FBI studio so that you don't keep hearing me? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, at the campus coffee shop, co-ed Parker regales friends Natalie and Brenda with a story about a massacre that occurred in Stanley Hall, an abandoned dormitory. Journalism student Paul discredits this as an urban legend. <laughs> mm, I see what's happening here. So, uh, don't worry about that, you guys. <laughs> news of Michelle's murder quickly spreads the following day, but the Dean, Adams, and campus police officer Reese seem determined to bury the story. Okay, so the Dean has one name, Adams, and the campus police officer has the name Reese. Now, so is, is this is this fairly typical of this kind of horror film where where it's sort of a slasher and we've got like a million red herrings? 
Like I feel like, yes. oh, is it the journalist or is it the dean or is it the security guard? Yeah, it's kind of like everyone kind of has to have a motive and then it'll turn out to be Fight Club in the end. Like, it always turns out to be Fight Club. (laughs) No, I don't think it's Fight Club in this one, but it's usually Fight Club. Um, Also, we know that Freddy Krueger is in this, so he's almost definitely the bad guy. Yeah, sick. Like, if his name's on the poster, it's like, what else is he going to... So, the dean and the campus police officer are trying to bury the story. Meanwhile, Damon, a jokester fraternity member, uh, attempts to console Natalie, who is notably disturbed by the murder. In Damon's parked car at a bluff, Natalie yes. rejects his sexual advances. No, he wasn't really trying to comfort her. Like, he was, he no. was trying to mack on. Yeah, right. yeah but he's a jokester fraternity member. Come on. Ugh. Um, okay, so... In Damon's parked car at a bluff, Natalie rejects his sexual advances, blah, blah, blah. When Damon goes outside to urinate, he is attacked by an assailant in a hooded parka who hangs him from a tree. Is that an urban legend? That if you do a wee, you get hung on a tree or whatever? The old... <laughs> I think... I think... I, like, I've got a feeling that... Yeah, I, I've got a feeling they take some liberties and maybe they make up some urban legends. Yeah, but I'm not the old... <laughs> the, the old classic university murder urban legend. <laughs> Natalie flees to retrieve help but Damon's body and car have disappeared when she returns with Reese. Parker and his girlfriend Sasha assure Natalie that Damon has pranked her so two <laughs> things number one yes. if someone's being hanged from a tree there's no help like you're not uh, it's like oh don't worry I'll just go back and get someone to help and number two the idea that it's like don't worry um, you saw this horrific murder but it was probably yeah. just an elaborate just, prank like, this guy that <laughs> It's just more gaslighting. This is the most gaslighty genre of all. You're crazy. It is the most gaslighty genre. You're right. But also, this guy isn't a prankster. He just tries to have sex with people when they're <laughs> in vulnerable states. That doesn't make you a prankster. And then his final act was doing a wee. And that's how he signed out. <laughs> Bloody hell. But, but according to this other thing, his final act was doing an elaborate prank where he pretends <laughs> to hang himself at the bluff because <laughs> lol. All right. So remember, this is set in the 90s, right? Yep. Later, Natalie's goth roommate, Tosh. Yes. But don't worry about Tosh, because he's immediately strangled to death while, okay. by the killer while Natalie sleeps. Is that an urban so, legend? No, it's not. This is so dumb. Oh. None of these are urban. I mean, the, 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 I guess maybe in your car or something, getting, like maybe is an urban legend. I don't know. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Like, I was hoping for some fun urban legends in this, but this is just people randomly dying. Well, like, All should right. we just have a moment? Like, what are the urban legends? There's the call coming from inside the house. Yeah. There's, there's I'm the, a psycho there's and the I've ki- killed your dog and I've been licking your hand the whole time. Oh, God. Yes, yes, there's that one. There's the, what's that on the roof of my car? It's the killer banging the, the head. Boyfriend's the- head, yep. Yeah, so in fact, that is... Okay, so there's the there's your decapitated... That's only three, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think there, there are only three of the legends. Oh, and there's also Candyman as well. Oh, Candyman. Okay, so there's four of the legends. Sick. Sorry, Jamie Blanks. <laughs> but you did pave the way for Lee Waddell. So Lee there you Waddell. go. He's a trailblazer, the trailblazing Jamie. <laughs> All right, okay. So Natalie finds... Tosh, her um, goth roommate's body in the morning, along with a message scrawled in blood on the wall. Now, annoyingly, Wikipedia hasn't told us what that message is. So <laughs> suffice to say... There's a message. There is some sort of a message scrawled in blood. 
and I guess when you think about it as well, like the message is the fact that it's grown in blood. What you're saying is the medium is the message. Which oh, means that's what I'm saying. I'm saying <laughs> you're, you're literally saying that. It's very post-structural of you, but surely, like, <laughs> what does the killer want to do? Like, is this going to be a deeply unsatisfying ending of like, ah, oh, this is what you get for not believing in urban legends? I also think like nobody takes death seriously. Your roommate was killed while you were sleeping. Blood was scrawled on the wall. Meanwhile, distraught, Natalie <laughs> confides to Brenda that Michelle was her high school friend and that the two had received probation for causing a fatal car accident after driving with their headlights turned off and pursuing the first driver who flashed them. What does that even mean? Uh, is that an urban legend where if you have your headlights off and so what, then you sort of flash them and you come out of, so out of dark, so the other driver sees darkness, then sees yeah. headlights all of a sudden and goes, whoa, and swerves off and dies. Right. That okay, feels yeah, vaguely maybe. like urban legend flavoured. Yeah, okay. So meanwhile, I'm trying to remember who Paul is. Oh, he's the journalism student. So is he Jared, Paul, meanwhile, Jared, Jared Leto? I suspect Jared uh, Leto look, is I, killer. Yeah, it, it's him or Freddy Krueger. I think oh, it's yeah, going to be Freddy Krueger. Yeah, 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 anyway, so Paul, meanwhile, investigates local urban legends and discovers that the Stanley Hall massacre was in fact real and Professor Wexler, a psychology professor, was its only survivor. Okay, so no. Professor Wexler probably did it. In fact, <laughs> this is almost definitely what happened. But anyway, no, he's going to be the last victim. He's going to be the last victim. So they're going to think it's him and they're going to red herring kill him. Yeah, good point. This is a lot more uh, like Agatha Christie than I, than I was expecting. Yeah, I'm guessing you're not super scared right now. No. So Dean Adams... Okay, so De I, I love how no one is really given any time to breathe here. Dean Adams is murdered in the campus parking garage. Gotcha. Death by Peach. <laughs> and Reese later finds Wexler's office in disarray and covered in blood. All right, yeah, so they're setting Wexler up to be the bad guy. Yep. Meanwhile, Natalie, Brenda, and Sasha attend a fraternity party. Like, life doesn't continue as normal, guys. The Dean <laughs> just got murdered. It's just that um, classic, like, Phew, big week, guys. It's been a bit of an intense Let's blow up a bit of steam. Wait, 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 get this, get this. Yeah. So this fraternity party coincides with the massacre's 25th anniversary. <laughs> We've got to do something like you guys. <laughs> 25 years, come on. So during the party, Parker is incapacitated by the killer in the bathroom who murders him by forcing pop rocks and bathroom chemicals down his throat. That feels vaguely urban legendy. Like, it's, it's a stretch. None of these are great. I feel like Jamie Blanks maybe could have done a bit more research. Anyway, meanwhile, Sasha leaves the party to host a late night talk show at the radio campus. Radio. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So during the broadcast, she's attacked by the killer and her screams are played live on air. The fraternity party goers assume it is a prank referencing, referencing the massacre, but Natalie fears Sasha is in danger. She rushes to the station. There's where so she many witnesses... deadly pranks in this university. Everyone's like, don't but worry. Also, there haven't been any real pranks. Yeah. Like, anytime yeah. anything bad happens, it's like, it's probably a prank. <laughs> Meanwhile, no one actually does any pranking. So I don't understand where this reputation for like pranks to you came from. No, no, it's Goof University. Goof, <laughs> I love Goof, Goof you. Where everyone does. Constantly, <laughs> yeah. Um, but because, I think that was so. A prank. Well, oh, so she no, maybe it turns out to be a prank at the end. We get a knowing wink and the death. Oh, uh, yeah, good point. So that she rushes the, anyways. At this point, she rushes to the station where she witnesses the killer murder Sasha with an axe. That's not an like that's just killing someone oh. with an axe. 
I guess killing someone on air. Why is that an urban yeah. legend? I've got a feeling that at the start of this film, and there's what is not said in this Wikipedia, because it's not the best one so far, there'll be a scene when we're all studying urban legends in a big lecture, and somebody will be like, well, what about the one where someone gets murdered on air? And someone's like, what? What about the one where the guy pretends to hang himself, but he actually gets, you know, like, I feel like that, there was probably a lot of foreshadowing. That but I love that, that, like, that the movie has to sell that urban legends exist <laughs> at the start of, like, <laughs> like, guys, don't worry. This isn't a dumb idea for a movie. <laughs> look, there are lectures about urban legends. Like, look, here, here is a lecture about it. Look. <laughs> It's so true. They had to invent a character who actually yeah. studies urban legends yeah. to prove that this isn't People a People study movie. urban legends. <laughs> In this film. Yeah. And so you've got to go, like, no, well, people study them. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Natalie soon finds Paul and Brenda on campus. Paul, convinced that Wexler, the psychology professor, is responsible, yeah. escorts them away in his car. They stop at a gas station, and while Paul is inside, Natalie and Brenda find Wexler's mutilated body in the trunk. There you go. Hey, R.I.P. So the two women flee through the woods back towards campus as Paul pursues them. They become separated, and Natalie flags down the university's janitor passing by in his truck. He picks her up, but their car is forced off the road by the killer, who pursues them in a separate vehicle. The crash kills the janitor, again, not really an urban legend, but Natalie leaves unscathed and flees on foot. Gosh, the police are absent in these. <laughs> like, they are as absent as they were in Candyman, but these are all rich white people that I would have expected if there was a comment to be made about class, it's not being made. Well, do you remember that at the, at the start, Dean Adams and campus police officer Reese seemed determined to bury the story? Yes, now, that's right. Dean Adams is dead. We haven't heard Reese die yet. Ah, okay, spicy. Which I think might come out, but who knows? So, well, and I say that as like as soon as I thought of that, it's like, well, it's obviously race. Okay. <laughs> and Peach, I think you solved it by being like, "Where are the police?" Well, that's your boy. All right. So while passing Stanley Hall, Natalie hears Brenda's screams from inside. So in the building, she finds her friend's corpses along with an apparently <laughs> dead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. She'll probably also be distraught after this. Yeah, time. she's like, well, so, that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so along with an apparently dead Brenda outstretched on a bed. However, Brenda knocks Natalie unconscious moments later. Ah. When Natalie comes to, Brenda reveals herself as the killer, enacting revenge for her fiancé, David Evans, the fatality in the road accident Natalie and Michelle caused. Yes. Yes. Sorry, continue. But I feel like a lot of people are dying. Yeah. For, for vengeance for the fiance. For these two girls. It's just like, just go and kill them. Like, yep. wh and why enact urban legends? Yeah, I mean, the poor, like, poor old Tosh. She's hanging out being <laughs> yeah. a golf. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Jeez. and you were in her room. You were, just kill Natalie. Yeah, Natalie exactly. killed your fiance. I was like, mm, kill Tosh. Step two of my yeah. incredibly complex. <laughs> needlessly complicated plan. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Brenda attempts to perform a nephrectomy on Natalie. I'm just going to look up what a nephrectomy is. Yeah. Luckily, Wikipedia has added a hyperlink. 
Okay, so it's the surgical removal of a kidney performed to treat a number of kidney diseases, including kidney cancer. It is also done to remove a normal healthy kidney from a living or deceased donor when part of a kidney transplant procedure. Fucking hell, that's intense while she's alive. I, I guess that's an urban legend as well, like how people are... People still get like maybe um, organ stealing, then, organ theft might be a yeah. bit of a. So Brenda attempts to perform this like kidney stealing, but is thwarted when Reese, ah, okay, so Reese is a good guy, arrives and holds Brenda at gunpoint. Brenda manages to stab Reese with a switchblade, and Paul comes upon the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie gains control of the gun and shoots Brenda, who falls out a window. Natalie and Paul leave to get help for Reese. As they drive away, the two talk about how this will later be an urban legend and the facts will be misconstrued. No, talk about the crazy shit that's oh, just happened. Oh, man. Like, I love that all their friends have died. They're like, fucking urban legends, you know? They just... <laughs> yeah, like, even in death, they have to reinforce that it's a good movie. Paul asks, well, if this is an urban legend, where is the twist? Brenda then appears in the back seat and attacks them with an axe. Paul crashes the car on a bridge, causing Brenda to go through the windshield and into the river below. Like, oh, sorry, are we, like, is there another twist? There's a bit more. There's a tiny bit more. I don't think, well, it's probably a twist. Later, a group of students at a different university have recounted the events of Brenda's killing spree, during which they say that her body was never discovered. Most of them disbelieve the tale, with the exception of one young woman who is revealed to be Brenda. She claims that the story was incorrectly told and begins to tell them how the story really goes. Okay, so that's the end. Number yep. one, this film cannot exist now because you immediately go onto Wikipedia and be like, yep. oh, no, that actually happened. Oh, that's <laughs> the person who did it. Oh, that's you, my new friend. Okay, cool. But as well, like, ru- like rumours, like... This is as close to a motiveless, evil kill demon as we've ever got. Normally, the, like kill demons from the other dimension are motivated in some way. And you can somehow see that the reason why like a demon wants to take everyone to hell. Like if it's a demon, it makes sense for them to just be evil. Cause it's like, you yeah. want to bring hell and pain and misery to earth. Awesome and stuff. here she's basically a poorly written <laughs> joker. Essentially. <laughs> she's the joker. <laughs> she's like, I'm an agent of chaos. Like she's essentially every 14 year old boy imagines happened in the dark night if it were later <laughs> uh, well it's kind of i mean like I'm, I'm trying to rationalize her thoughts in my mind so obviously like your fiance is killed by two drivers who were behaving recklessly so you're going to in an urban legend rational. context well no no i'm, I'm actually thinking how, about- how does she even know it's an urban legend at that time <laughs> but but my point is it's like her motive is mm is revealed that she wants to get back at these two girls. Yep. So I get that she's acting irrationally. So maybe she doesn't want to go through the courts. Maybe she wants to take things into her own hands. I I understand that motive. What I don't understand is constructing your Joker level urban legend thing around (laughs) it. Like even if it's to throw off the scent, there's so many easy ways to throw it off. And like we said, it seems so weird that she was in the room with Tosh and Natalie. Natalie, who killed her fiance? And she's like, I'm going to kill Tosh. Tosh is the one who dies. But it's, and then I'm going to scroll. I hope there's board. a shot at the start where she's in the Urban Legends lecture and she's like, ah, this is the way to do it. She's sitting there <laughs> <Yeah>. loving it. <laughs> 
and then maybe towards the end there's a throwback to her being in the open like just being like <laughs> I always told you that I, that I always dreamed of being an urban legend. Yeah. All right. So, um, Peach, that was urban legend. Yeah, pretty spooky. <laughs> if you're a fan of our podcast or anything that FBI does, mm. please consider supporting FBI right now. Yep. Uh, and if you did it 15 years ago and put it on credit card, sort of auto deduct, and we're like, yeah, 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 I'm a member. Like, I, like it's fine. I did it 15 years ago and it's happened like your boy Peach, actually go and find out whether mm. your supporter uh, deduction has is still going on because it's probably not if you're anything like your boy. So just and cast be... your eye. Sorry. No, no go, go, go. You go. You keep going. You keep going. No, Shag, you go. I'd love to hear from you. I, in I interrupted your flow. Oh, shit. Should we just get out? FBIRadio.com. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up? <laughs> <laughs>